Welcome to another episode of Ran Out of Talent. I'm your host, Joe Zier Jr., and with me is my co-host, Ryan Greening, back from a vacation from the podcast. How's it going, Ryan? I'm good, Joe. You just asked me that like two minutes ago. I know. I already told you. I know. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, I just got done with uh, training and a podcast earlier today. I'm wrenching, actually my current, I have too many wrenching projects going right now. Uh, first, I'm wrenching on my MMA coach's Traxxas Slash. He, yeah. He, well, what happened was he brought bought aluminum C-hubs and knuckles. The C-hubs are correct and the knuckles are not, so I'm making them fit. Right on. And then... Um, I'm getting my A-scale buggy cleaned up to go out to Blooming Prairie next weekend, next Saturday. Yeah, where's Blooming Prairie at? It's just What are they, what southern, are they doing? Um, they're doing um, A-scale and mini-truggy and all that. So Senior's going to run my mini-truggy because his is all set up for carpet. Okay. I'm going to run my nitro buggy, and we're going to get joe 3's e-buggy running but we're gonna turn it way 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 down like it's supposed to be <laughs> um that's part of my notes in duluth hold on i'm actually looking up on maps right now because i only looked at it as an hour and 51 minutes away from me so it's down by it's southeast of Oatana. okay so basically you take clark's grove and get off on 218 and you're there right on so yeah, it's not terrible, you know. Hour it'll be an hour and fifty-one minutes because Joe three's in the car. It'd be an hour and a half as just me and senior. That's funny that you mentioned the turning the car way down because I heard there was a little bit of an issue. Um. Okay, it's more prevalent in novice. So last week was round number two of the MNRC. So the series didn't have RPA system because of circumstances outside of our control. Are you throwing your pizza in the garbage? <laughs> My wife's doing her chicken fingers. Continue. No, that's all right. Um, so it was outside of our control why we didn't have our um, PA system. So we used Deleuze. Duluth's PA system is not powerful enough for nitro, so nobody heard me. We had the FM transmitter going, but I, from what I've heard, there was mixed results with that, okay? Sure. Anyway, so it, it was frustrating. People couldn't hear me. There were marshalling issues. We'll talk about that in a second. One thing I noticed, Kyle Holmberg and Connor Ehlers and the rest of the Duluth crew built a phenomenal layout i wish i could have put a lap on it sweet i i couldn't put a lap on it because uh i i just didn't have the proper help you know what i mean yeah but that's fine that's my job if there's nobody there to help i just sit in the booth i'm cool with it i'll throw most of the credit connor's way because i would imagine that he did 100 percent of the operating yeah i think kyle did the drawing and Connor and the rest of the Duluth crew put down the tubing because um, they had a little bit of rain issue. Sure. But, yeah, that's another story. Um, 
I notice everybody from sportsmen all the way to the A-Main of every A-Main. People were overdriving like fucking crazy. Yeah, why do you think that is? I don't know, but it's horrible. So, well, with sport, you think because the traction was so good? I think part of it. But I think the layout kind of let it happen. So, with sportsmen, the frustrating thing there is you have little kids the age of Joey, eight, nine, around there, and they're getting full out, blown out A scale E buggies. Not turned down one bit, just full right. power. My problem, you know, there's a couple problems with that. Number one is safety. They're going to hurt somebody. I don't care how good you think your damn kid is. They're going to launch it off of an off-camber corner. That is, It's not their fault they're launching it. It's your fault you gave them an overpowered vehicle. Yep. And they're going to nail a marshal. Second, they're going to crash two to three times a lap, which is what I was watching happen. And they're going to get frustrated and quit. Right. You're giving them too much. It's too much. For, well, it's not too much for guys like us, but it's a lot. It's even too much for me sometimes, though. Oh, for, for sure, especially when traction is low and whatnot. So, like, with Joe 3, I'm going to do the Chad Johnson method. Chad Johnson has a really good method. Start out at 60%, maybe 50 but probably 60 because you want the kid to get around the track. Yep. Then you're going to... You know, when it warrants it, you bump them up a percent or two. Keep just bumping them up just a tick here and there. And maybe eventually they'll be where they need to be. I mean, that makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Is that your cat singing in the background? <laughs> yeah, that's the new kitty. That's awesome, and you're getting another one, aren't you? Yeah, Rufus shows up uh, next weekend or early next week. The week after. Yeesh. Uh, what's the uh, other one's name? Uh, this one's name is Jack. So Jack. We got Jack and Rufus. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, my kids are gone right now, so uh, the cat's not down here bugging me. I don't know why. She seems hat. She, I don't know. She, the kids love that cat to death, and they... <laughs> They don't over pet her, none of that, but I don't know. She likes adults. Sure. So. But she's uh, enjoying some quiet time without anybody right now. Exactly. Exactly. Got it. <laughs> so, anyway, that is my little. And all the way up to the A main. I'm not going to. You can People can find the comment if they want. There's sure. some. I think Connor. Or no, Kyle Holmberg. I believe he ran like R2 rehabs in the Nitro Buggy Mate. Sure. And he crushed. He really did. And he goes, yeah, I had over half tread left. Somebody said, somebody else said driver B had absolutely nothing left with the same tires. It's because driver B was spinning his tires out of every goddamn corner. The trigger is not a light switch. There is a lot of telemetry in there. Right. And, and you're going to blow any tire. You could put 
orange O2 compound on there. You're going to blow them apart if you drive like that. And then also, so what I've noticed, uh, those aggravating in the main, people would give the inside up on accident, but then they'd lay into the throttle and take themselves out and the person they were pass- that was passing them out at the same time. <laughs> Just moronic. It, yeah. The dry, the track was beautiful. The marshalling and some of the driving was moronic. Now let's get to the marshalling situation. This is going to be a blanket statement. If you're frustrated with how your race went and you feel like you don't have to marshal afterwards, do not come to the MNRC. If you think you can pit for somebody and not find a replacement for yourself and you think that's my job, do not come to the MNRC. Just plain and simple. Yeah, that that second one drives me nuts. The first one shouldn't even be a thing yeah. that you have to talk about. Yeah. The second one absolutely drives me nuts. Well, the first one's really and directed that go, towards that one person. That doesn't go for just people that are pitting, too. That's people that find themselves in back-to-back situations. Okay, so if I put you back-to-back, I can help you out and help find a volunteer if need be. Well, even if you do do that, I think it's still on the racer to figure that out because they're the one that didn't qualify well enough to keep them out of that situation. Usually, yes. But, like, okay, so there was a situation we were, in a good way, overran by e-buggies. We went down to the E-Main, and I threw as many B-Mains that weren't E-Buggy between those, but I ran out. So, like, I think it was between the D and the C, or the C and the B, I had to put in a 30-minute break to let, oh, Jesus Christ, man. Your microwave letting you know, oh, that's brutal. My that was uh, carbon monoxide. Oh, that's not good. Do you, do you need to leave the house? No. Okay. <laughs> but anyways, like, there were situations where there was no choice of people being back-to-back. Let's say they bump or whatever. And If you're back-to-back, I'll try my hardest to help. But sure. any other situation than that, it's on you. I got a pretty big list in my head. Other racers are noticing, too. They have a list. They have the same list as me. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's enough of that. I mean, that that was just a bad part of the weekend. Other than that, you know, um, KP and... Oh, KP and Shelby, they went and they found us um, uh, sawdust to put on the wet track. Because it rained all Friday. There's no practice on Friday whatsoever. And because it rained like Friday morning and it stayed cloudy and the track stayed wet and then it stormed Friday night. But uh, KP and Shelby found some sawdust from uh, whatever, a lumber yard. Sure. The dude loaded up the back end of KP's truck. 
and it was only $30 for the truckload. Oh, man. Yeah, it would have been 15 if KP would have KP and Shelby would have shoveled it themselves. They're like, nah, we'll pay the extra 15 bucks. <laughs> so, yeah, well, it's good that they found that because now LSRCC has a consistent place to where they can go get sawdust, and it dried up the track very quickly. It was awesome. Cool. And, like, Shelby and Shelby's family, like, Journey and... He's got another child. I don't remember his name. I feel bad. But um, Shelby and Journey and Shelby's other kid. And then there is another um, another club member up there named Chris Warren who really helped out with marshalling when I needed it. It was awesome. Very cool. So there, and like I said, those couple of aggravating things that I said, the overdriving was rampant. The rough driving was a little rampant, and they know who they are by now. I'm sure of it. Sure. And if they don't, look at the tires on your cars, guys. If they're bald, and there are two, you're driving a little rough, guys. Were you aware of, um, was somebody out fixing the track, and they got hit? That happened Thursday. Okay. That was for Thursday night? Yeah. Um, what was happening? Somebody was fixing the track, and a truggy hit the guy in the knee. Okay. So they did, so he went out on the course, basically, and for whatever reason, they didn't just shut the course down for a couple minutes. Yeah. Which, I is, what, which is what I would have done. Yeah, for sure. It wasn't under, the track was not under my control at that point. Is all I'll say about that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I'm just saying, like, even as a guy down on the ground, if I'm walking out on a course with a shovel, and I look up in the stands and there's people up there that I know can't drive very well, or even the ones that can, I'll look up and yell, hey, you know, I'm going to do such and such. Just Let's chilling hold that... off here for three yeah. minutes. Sure, sure. But. Yeah, that didn't happen, and somebody got hit. It's a bummer. Right. Because what happens, and it's happened to me before, when somebody goes out and they start working, you remember that for like 15 seconds, and then you're back focused on your car and your lap, Yep. and you completely forget that they're out there. You're correct. You are correct. And then, you know, it's part partly it's because maybe the race director didn't shut down the track or the race director didn't remind people that there were people working on the track, you know, whatever it was, it was just a big mistake all the way around. So in a couple of weeks, my new mini truggy's going to get here. Awesome. Yeah. I'm excited about it. Um, sorry. I'm just trying to come up with small talk cause I'm going to, well, what about, I'm gonna pull I up the that results. I heard there was a good from... race. Uh, I heard there was a good race in Duluth in the e buggy. Something about a miraculous pass that Kyle Holmberg put on. Yeah, it was beautiful. I uh, there wasn't. Who was it with? It was for second. No, no, it was for the lead. I can't remember who he was passing because it was. 
Alan Smith and Sam Savakul and Clayton Cartluca and Kyle Holmberg all in the lead pack. And Kyle put a pass on to where there was, you couldn't fit a piece of paper between the vehicles, but Kyle didn't touch him. <laughs> cool. It was, uh, it was rad. It really was. He's got he's got a history of making really cool passes there. Um, I'm trying to remember. I think it was like three years ago at the Electric Boogie. Yep. He made a he made a pass also in e buggy where he launched his car like 40 feet past where everybody was landing made a pass stick on the last lap for the win. And I wish I could remember who he passed, but I can't. And uh, so, yeah. Yeah, once in a while, old WC can uncork something cool. He's unlocked something in his driving this year that I haven't seen. He's always been fast, don't get me wrong. But him and Sam in e-buggy is so fun. Yeah, and Sam hit another level too. Yeah, Alan, like, a, like a half step yeah. or something like that. Right, and Alan Smith was there too, but you know the um, overall results don't. So Kyle Holmberg won overall. Second was Alan Smith. Third was Isaac Byhoffer. Isaac's another guy coming up. Um, Sam Savakul finished fifth. Honorable mention to Brody Iggy. He's getting that JQ car around the track so well. Um, he didn't do well in Nitro Buggy just because he had part he had failures. Which was, you know. I don't know. Quick we'll run through 40 plus A main. Rob Petrick won, which is awesome. His tires Looked clean the whole 30-minute main. I go, what the hell do you got on there, Rob? He was running S2 buckshots. That's how grooved and warm the track was. And his truck looked awesome. Keith Vanderheide took second and Frenchie took third. Um, A-scale nitro buggy, Kyle Holmberg, won that one. Um, Tony Sletton took second. Jeremy Whitting took third. Um... Let's see, Mini Truggy, Sam Savakul won it with the, his four-wheel buggy. Drew Dockin from the Southern Minnesota Club took second. Chad Johnson took third. Um, Chad's getting his truck around really well. He, I think he qualified second. He's doing well. Four-wheel sportsman. Um, Max, a uh, couple... Uh, family with the last name of Viol was there. It's the first time I've ever seen him. And Maxwell Viol won it. Journey Mellon took second and Gavin Lambert took third. Do, 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 do. Let's see. We'll just do Nitro Truggy then. And that'll be results. Um, I really feel for Josh Ford with this one. You know what I mean? Because Tony Slatton won it. But Josh Ford TQ'd and was running away with it. 
part of me knew, I don't remember if it was the second or third pit stop. With the fuel gun, he flamed out, and it took him a minute to get it going again. Bummer. Yeah, so Josh Ford took second, Greg Bommel took third. But yeah, why was, do you think why do you think those guys <clears throat> flame a little more often than other people is more aggressive tuning with Okay, so that's it has to do with how crisp that thing always is. Yes. His his stuff always sounds great. So his stuff either flames because he wants max power or he's breaking the most ridiculous things because he's he wants max power but he's putting it on the track and you know like you're gonna have a cva bone break or you're gonna blow up an outdrive or you know he he has more of those than other people yep his stuff is proper they do the proper maintenance on it oh absolutely josh drives so hard so, yeah, anyway, that's the results for the MNRC. Like I said, it was a great weekend, and my rants from earlier, you know, the marshalling thing was just directed at a couple people. And the overdriving was targeted at 75% of the people. <laughs> right. So. Yeah, when you, when you have that crappy of a race and you're having trouble you know, controlling your emotions, you, you walk away, you, you have yourself whatever little tantrum you want to have. And 30 seconds later, you put your big boy pants on and you go Marshall. Right, right. right. That's how it goes. Sure. Yep. And then let's see here. Are you uh, ready for results yet? Or should I go through some news? Yeah, I got some stuff going. Um, Right on. Let's see here. We'll go chronological. So Friday night, MMR had a little bit of on road. Excuse me. Awesome. Had a little bit of on road action. Twelfth uh, stock, John Finney took the win in that. They had uh, Pro Light, which I assume they're those guys are probably running their rubber tires now over there, huh? You Pro think Light. so? Oh yeah, for sure. So Andy Zakis, 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 yes. Andy Zakis took the win there. Awesome. And US VTA Steve, ugh, I'm gonna butcher this. <laughs> Fadik. Oh, Fadik. Uh, F- Fadik. Fadik. Yes, I believe that's the way I say it when I announce. I could be terribly wrong. I've Tough actually night for names here. Holy cannoli! I've actually. Um, Drove. Uh, Steve took me to a club race in Duluth a couple of years ago. He's a really good dude. Cool. So yeah, that was MMR Friday night. Um, small little get together, few classes. Everybody was out the door a couple hours later. So you can't ask for no. much better than that for Friday. I, I love that yeah. whole Friday night deal. I really do, and that's probably the one thing that I'm excited about now that I have a carpet buggy again is. If the world does ever decide to, you know, go back to normal, um, I'm really going to enjoy racing on Friday nights and then going to get a beer and some appetizers at, you know, Crapplebee's afterwards. You know, maybe, maybe I'll have to join you one of these times. Awesome. Just because 
with the schedule I'm doing at the gym right now is just so damn hard. I'm going to need a day. Yeah. So maybe I'll do a Friday night. That'd be cool. Yeah. So yeah, MMR went racing Friday night. Uh, Saturday was busy. There was some stuff going on. Thunder Road had a really nice turnout for the middle of summer. Yep. Uh, Torot ended up winning two-wheel drive modified buggy. So that should make you happy that there was a mod class. That 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 makes me so happy, and I am working on a mod buggy for the 510 on September 26. Now I got a question for you. Sure. Because old senior, old senior took a win with his two-wheel drive buggy. Yep. But what senior doing in two-wheel drive intermediate buggy? We talked about it. Let's hear it. Um, senior and I talked about yesterday and today. The deal is, so senior is super consistent, right? See, the senior and I usually end up in the same place, but in way different ways. Senior's super consistent, but he either barely makes the A or doesn't make the A. But if he makes the A, he's just getting lapped. But now he goes down to intermediate, and he's just crushing. He's an in-betweener. There's no place for him. But senior, 60 years old, man, he's getting slower. Like myself, I can still turn a fast lap, and I can run four minutes super clean. It's that fifth and sixth minute that always bites me in the ass. Sure. Yeah, I get you. Um, yeah, they didn't have they didn't have a B main, so um, yeah. all there was was a two-wheel drive expert A main and five, you know, yeah. Very decent drivers. Right. So I get it. Yeah. I was just curious. Yeah, he's an in-betweener. What the hell is his mini truggy doing in carpet form, though? How's that helping anybody? He likes running his mini truggy at Thunder Road. Okay. There wasn't even a class. Not He didn't even bring it. Um, I stopped by there yesterday to drop Jackie off to hang out with Grandma and her cousin. Sure. And his truggy was sitting on the shelf. Sure. I yeah, don't... it looks like nobody else brought him either. So. Yeah, it's a shame, but um, maybe the 510 will get him. You know, part of me... So, Joe 3's B5M is toast. So, instead of building a carpet mini truggy, because it's just not really going to take off on carpet, really, if, you, if you're really going to be honest with yourself. So I might do the, I might give the VT64 to Joe 3 and again turn it down to like 60% or put a 175 in it and just give him that cuz that's going to handle way better than his B5M and it's going to teach him a little bit more control with jumping and all that other stuff. For sure. So yeah. So yeah, that's uh that's what was going on. Up in Waite Park yesterday, yep. today, yesterday also at Rick's Hobby Farm over looks like in New Richmond, had, Wisconsin. Looks like they had a turnout. At Rick's? Yeah. Well, at least the pitchers. up and we'll see. The pitchers look like they had a turnout. I ain't look at the results. Yeah. <clears throat> 40 drivers, 66 entries. That's not bad for Rick's. Uh, E-Buggy, Sam Savakul took the win over Alan Smith. And Dave LaRue. Right on. 
What else we got? They had a pro four, a full pro four class. Ryan Vassar took the win there and then uh, showed up to the podium shirtless. So that's interesting. Okay. Mini Truggy. Sam took the win in that with his four-wheel drive buggy. Keith Vanderhyde second. Ben Savakul third. At a full field of Mini Truggy. Cool. Just an A-Main, though, not a B-Main. Yeah. Also one of the reasons I sold my Mini Truggy recently. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we got to um, talk about that in a second. Nah, nah, we don't have to talk about that. Let's move on. Nah, all buggy right. and Truggy. All right. Tony Sletton took the win in that one. Joey Fitzsimmons second. And Keith Vanderhyde took third. Cool. Joey's got that Truggy. Um, he made, I believe, yeah, he made the A up in Duluth. I think he had a bump from the B. Which is really good for him. You know, an extra 30 minutes of track time is always good. It just Absolutely. sucks starting from the back. Yep. So, yeah, he's he's been driving. I mean, I've he says he's ran at the 5. I don't remember him. I, I'm being honest. I don't remember him until this summer. You mean ever? Ever. Oh, him going back to the 510 was the era that you weren't there. Oh, <laughs> he was young. Okay. Yep, yep. This was this was three, four years ago. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, all right. Is there anything from today? I'm not sure. I, I showed up to, I went over to um, Dollar Hobbies Raceway here in Woodbury, Minnesota. To yes. Some guys said they were going to show up, possibly race, but they were going to have a practice session going anyway. And I wanted to get... <clears throat> I wanted to get a, a set of Z3 uh, Proline Prisms, so I went over there since they were back in stock, cool. picked those up, and Brad Sandvig and Jeff Chobin were there having themselves a little practice battle. They threw some money down on the table for fastest lap, so <laughs> they had something to shoot for all day long, so they were having fun. Yeah, that's always good. And I, I do believe Jeff ended up getting the better of Brad in that one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was cool. I got to officially meet Brad because we have only we've been at a few races, you know, at the same time. But I I had never had a conversation with him before. So yeah, he's a good dude. I, I've absolutely no, I've known him at two points of his life. We were friends when we were like thirteen to sixteen, and then he disappeared. And then just recently, the past like two or three years, I've gotten to know him again. Sure. Yeah, he's been hitting it hard the last couple of years. Oh, yeah, for sure. Over, uh, you know, all genres. Yeah, he sold his stadium truck. That, sh- that should make you happy. It doesn't make me happy. I'm just, I get it. Oh, I finally got mine so dialed, and then he sells it. But, you know, <laughs> what's frustrating to me, so getting back to Dollar, they're not having an off-road race until the beginning of October. Yeah, right. And I get- and I saw people crying about it online. And I'll t- before you even get into it, I'm just going to stop you right in your tracks. Okay. There aren't that many people showing up to race right now anyway. No, but there are more it's off-road. It's hot as hell. Yep. And for, I kind of don't get it because I walked in there today and I was like, man, it's nice in here. I should have brought my car. Yeah. Today. It felt great. Um, 
the days that I do understand it is when it's like 78. Sure. It's perfect outside. Uh-huh. So. The last race day. I mean, I, I get it. You know, Dwayne, you want to race when you want to race. But there's nobody coming to the races right now. So let's pump the brakes. Okay. Well. We'll let, we'll let the season actually start, which it kind of starts in October. Yep. So let let me kind of play devil's advocate here. So I think the reason why Dollar hasn't, one of the reasons Dollar hasn't been bringing in the people is because it's so goddamn confusing when they're going to race. And they have a calendar, and sometimes I can ask and get a straight answer. It took me a day and a half to get an answer when the next race was going to be. Sure. Um, yeah, they're not doing themselves any favor on social media. That's no. for sure. It makes sense why there's not going to be a race when there normally would be. I think it'd be like September 5th or 7th or somewhere around there. Because it's Labor Day weekend, they're not going to get a turnout. Right on. What about the weekend after? It's just going to be another dead on-road week. So you're going to set up the off-road track for two weeks of practice. Man, I don't have time to practice when I go to the track. I need to race. Yep, and I hear you. It's just one of those things. But why are you... They, mo- make, they make their money on people coming in and running tracks and stuff. Though. Oh, for sure. Well, you know, when I went... The last race I went there, the hobby shop was packed. They sold a shit ton of, like, crawlers and ready-to-runs and all that stuff. And, the, you know, people walked into the track, looked at it, went, huh, cool, and walked out. So we're not the key demographic for dollar hobbies. But we could become. Like I said, that track, it's super, it's grinder style running off-road. I love it. Because it, it almost, the last layout, 100% took the motor game out. And... The harder you drove, the slower you went. My slowest feeling lap was my absolute fastest lap by like two tenths. So. Right on. Yeah, but it's just, man, I hope this fall they get a more coherent schedule going. And let's say they leave the track set up for two weeks and then. Personally, I'd like to see in every other, but I get it why they don't do every other because they have to put carpet over the on-road shit. I think in the peak season, they go to every other. Every other would be awesome instead of two weeks on, I think when things start cooling down outside, that is what they do. We'll see. I hope they do. I really do because I think it would be cool because this winter I'm going to be shrinking. I'm going to be supporting dollar the 510 every once in a while i might make it out to the toy box but i'm also going down to island speedway for a couple races this winter too because i got the taste for foam off-road and man that's the closest place that runs it so are you still there yeah i'm just intermittently eating pizza oh that's fine so i'm, I'm letting you go on yeah but 
yeah, I, I like going to dollar and five ten and spending money. I love spending my most my hobby money at the local hobby shops. I I've been I used to be kind of not anti local hobby shops, but it's for a while. A lot of the local hobby shops, like let's say a Sea Hub, would cost six bucks on a main and cost ten bucks plus tax at the local hobby shop you're gonna go right. to a main but the local hobby shops have worked their asses off to drop their prices to meet a main and so i really like supporting them now for yeah. sure and i bought that, a go ahead a new b6.2 you know a few weeks ago and it, it felt great right i'm spending that money there i'm gonna be buying another one here I, man my Carpet car is so good. I think I'm gonna buy a B62 for dirt. And don't you have a B6.1 right now? Yeah. You're yeah. not. You're not gonna get the same kind of benefits out of upgrading your dirt car. Nope. But I just need to. Uh, my dirt car has a lot of miles. Okay. It's just time not to replace. You know. I and that's another thing. I might give Joey the point one. But his birthday's coming up in October. I might get him a new vehicle. I don't know, man. He needs something else. That B5M has served him well, but it is shot. Sure. It is. Yeah, that's a good reason. Yeah, move your move your 6.1 over to him and yeah. get a 6.2D. Cool. Right. Yeah. So anyway. Doo -doo 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 -doo. Oh, my phone's over there. I'm like, shit, where are my notes? <laughs> A um, couple things happened over the past couple weeks. Horizon bought ProLine. Oh, man. I hope Horizon doesn't Horizon all over ProLine like they did Axial. What'd they do to Axial? Uh, they kind of like... I mean, they've... So, I believe Axial was owned by Habako, I want to say. So, Tower Hobbies. Tower Hobbies, yes. And that was yep. like, it was like Habako, or it was like um, Axial and Arma were their successful brands, and then the rest kind of just died out or they didn't pay or whatever. So when they absorbed Habako, Horizon got Axial. And then it's just like, you know, I heard Axial Fest isn't the same. It's not the same kind of situation as it used to be. Sure. It's like sterile. The, I, I've heard the parts aren't as good. I can't confirm or deny it. Because, you know, people talk shit. I heard Axial Fest started going down long before that. Okay. Especially when they started requiring that, you know, everybody there be using all Axial products and yeah, this and that. I get it, but I don't, anyway, man. Anyway. Yeah. So, but I hope... So ProLine, as of now, is truly made in America. One of the few. A lot of the other tire companies are made overseas, and they're literally shipped to the company already packaged. Sure. Um, I have a feeling that... Well... Dang, man. Give that cat some love. Uh, it was up on a elevated plant that it should not be in. Oh, okay. 
So yeah. I kind of had to get rough with them for oh, a little yeah. bit there. Oh, for sure. My pug's eating plants. Dick. <laughs> He's a dick. Anyway. <laughs> He's a vegetarian. That's cute. He is. He, he, or an omnivore. He's, a, he's an omnivore. Yeah, he's like that the um, Sour Patch Kids commercial. First they're sour, then they're sweet. He'll totally, <laughs> he'll like piss on the bed and you're mad at him, but then he'll come up to you, snuggle with you, and be totally cute, and you're like, ah, oh, fuck. All right, all right, it's cool, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm worried the pro line will be sent overseas. I'm worried that they'll get... Their compounds will get cheaper. I'm worried they'll stop coming out with cool stuff. I'm worried that Proline will degrade. Is what I'm worried about. And a lot sure. of a lot of people felt the same. Like if you read the comments under a lot of it. There's a thirty minute podcast they need to watch about it, but uh, Yeah. You know, I guarantee they say, oh, it'll be the same. It's never the same. Um, Horizon. Yeah, because they're going to they're gonna try to trim fat wherever they can. Exactly. To try to maximize profits. Right. So. Sure, sure. Uh, it's one of those things. Yeah. Um, Traxxas is suing Macklin over a stupid naming right. Did you see that? Oh, yeah. One? No. What? What's the details there? Um. Macklin has something named, it's double M-A-X-X. And it's like a ESC. Jesus. So Traxxas is suing him. Unreal. And it's like, dude, that helps nobody. I. But whatever, man. Traxxas are over litigious. They've sued several people before. They're going to keep suing people. They're going to try to get rid of everybody that's not a big conglomerate. You know, somebody um, put, somebody take Pepsi in one of the posts and said, hey, Pepsi, you should sue Traxxas for the name of the use, Max, because Pepsi Max. But, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's just a bad look for Traxxas, man. Uh, I don't know who's... Re- that it feels to me like Traxxas is just a big faceless corporation that they're just not. I don't know. They're good for the hobby, but they're not. Yeah, yeah. Hey, the Mugen Challenge was going on this weekend. Yeah, I was gonna say because I saw last night uh, Ryan Mayfield and Seth Van Dalen took qual one and two out of round two of qualifying. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, it looks like it was a big event. They had 483 entries. People are starving for racing right now. That's a lot. Um, Mayfield won the e-buggy over Lutz and Ogden, and Seth finished ninth Cool in that one. So and Lutz, then... Lutz go is ahead. Fr- I was going to say Lutz isn't afraid of the Mugen Challenge and can actually make it out. Cool. <laughs> I have to throw that hey, out there. Yeah, you—that's a good showing in Nitro Buggy, yeah. uh, or E Buggy, Nitro Buggy. Mayfield took the win there. They spelled his name wrong, and Cole Ogden took second. Spencer Heckert took third, and Seth finished tenth in that one. Looks like he was fast. Um, 
his consistency percentage was off. So either, you know, he had some rough laps yeah. or maybe had an issue at some point. I'm not going to yeah. pull up all of his laps and try to analyze what happened, but he finished 10th there. So still, uh, where did he qualify? Still, it should say by his... like third, third. Okay. Qualified third for nitro buggy and electric buggy. Qualified third, so third and third. I mean, for that's, it's pretty good to start. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we know. He so can... he was probably pretty frustrated. He, yeah, you know when he does well and doesn't convert, he's not very fun to be around. Right. So. Right. I, I I don't know, man. Uh, I couldn't even imagine being that fast. Oh, I know, right? Um, imagine it'd be, so much, it'd be so much more fun. Imagine you know, lap, knowing lap you can lap. win. Imagine knowing you can win and you flame out or you blow out for maybe two minutes of the race or whatever. Ima- oh, dude, I would be so mad at myself yeah. or pit person yep. or a marshal. Or, it would be hard not to be mad. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so that's cool. He's still He's still getting himself out there. Yeah. Going around doing big national races. Yep. Um, couple more deals. Uh, Schumacher's coming out with the stadium truck. You don't care about that, and you know it might be somewhat popular in America on the turf. What? Uh, any anything? It's not wild special. on there. Is it like belt driven or no. anything like that? No, or? It's, it's it's not special. I mean, it looks nice. It does look really nice. And I bet it's really fast on carpet and AstroTurf. But it's, yeah, it, another truck. Um, Team Associated came out with the B74.1, fixing some of the issues with the B74. Oh, cool. Yeah. I mean, they did a bit of work to that thing. So hopefully hopefully can compete now with the uh, 22x4 cuz right now nothing is touching that 22x4 um dollar hobby oh we talked about dollar um Otsego in Otsego Park near the soccer fields they're building a track it's just going to be a basher track you know it'll be fun for the ba- I was going to go out there actually yesterday I totally forgot about it I kind of lost interest when they said we don't plan on racing. Well, good. We don't, every just about every week we come on here and sit, talk about how we don't need another racetrack. No, you're right. Um, selfishly, I want it because it's ten minutes from my house. Sure. And racing at Seago would be awesome again. But yeah, you're right. It's we don't need another track. I mean, you know what? I'm really happy Rick's is doing well. I mean, we were there back in the days when there's three or four heats and 20 entries. Right. Now yeah, he's getting well, 40 drivers and 66 it entries. Is, it is. It's getting that because one very passionate person puts a whole bunch of his free time into that place. Well, Dave LaRue and Dave LaRue put a shit ton of time into Dollar Hobbies, too. I heard he right. built the jumps. Yeah, or the at least the RC community on the in the East Metro and Western Wisconsin owes Dave Larue a 
huge debt of gratitude for the last few years. They do. I mean, it takes that kind of, you know, it's almost like just, yeah, one guy makes it happen. You know, you know, Nate Smith used to kind of run it, and it, you could tell it wasn't really his passion anymore. Who who ran it between Nate Smith and Dave LaRue? Do you remember? Are you talking about Ricks or Ricks. Uh, the Toy Box? Ricks. Um, no. No, I don't. Okay. Okay. Yeah, let's see. What else do I got? So a listener asked me to do a little bit of a beginner segment. So I, I had a couple ideas. So this week... We're going to talk about where money is spent, okay? Because that's the biggest thing, I think. What do you think? I'm sorry. You completely lost me there. Somebody was asking for us to do, like, a a beginner-style segment. You know what I mean? Like, what does a beginner need to know? What should they work on? Oh, man. God, I could write a book on all the things not to do. Exactly. I I don't know what you should do. but (laughs) And we're going to do a little bit every week. Or every episode, not every week. So this week we're going to talk about money and where it should go. Because there's a lot of cool stuff out there that you want to spend your money on. Especially when you're new, fresh into it and you're so excited about the hobby and all that stuff. Sure. So let's just fire back and forth. Uh, what's one thing you would spend it on? Uh, entry and practice fees. Okay. What about you? I'm... Um, I'm going to go really good tools. Right. Tools. That's another good thing. Three, tires. And not just any tires. Talk to the guys at Proper Tires. Tires is 90% of your setup. What else? Um, not buying old cheap kits that have been discontinued for three seasons yeah because because then you just spend all your time trying to track down the parts after your car's broke that is you can't rough. Even drive it right now because this leads to my next one go for it have some spares on hand right right just spare you know you don't need to bling your car out you don't need to yeah just have spares and put your money into track time Tires, good tools. Now, I got a question for you. And I hate to say this. I'm looking for a new tool tool manufacturer. MIP isn't doing it for me anymore. I wear out a 2mm every single year now. When The 2mm I had before that lasted me 10 years. So I went through two of their current... or. No, three of their current two millimeters. But before that, their two millimeter before that, they changed something in the manufacturing. It lasted me 10 years. I don't need my tools to last 10 years, but I need them to last more than a year. So what sure. are what are you using for tools, Ryan? I am using MIPs. And the best way to not wear your tools out? Yeah. Drum roll. Okay. Don't don't work on your stuff. That's what I do. <laughs> well, just that's, kidding. That's just kidding. Honestly, I, I don't know what people 
people that are wrenching all the time, which uh, newer people should be because they should be driving a lot and crashing a lot and braking a lot. Um, I don't know what they should use right now. They need to talk to somebody else that actually does a lot of wrenching. So I'll tell you what, because I've had to go back to it because my MIP 1.5 is now worn out. As a spare in my box, I have a dynamite 1.5 millimeter wrench. The handle sucks. It's so uncomfortable. Has it got one of them ones that's all machined out? Yeah, it's the red one with the dots. I, I hate those. I hate them too. But you know what? I put it in the screw and it grips so much better than the MIP. <laughs> I know there's some kind of innuendo in there, but yeah, we'll leave it late. Yeah, we'll, we'll leave. hanging fruit. It is, but uh, just you know, the dynamite wrenches, man, the handles are uncomfortable, but they seem to work. <laughs> so yeah, that's my that's a beginner segment. So the, the the thing with MIP, I I just don't they work so well. You know, for whatever period of time. Yes. But you don't have to make your entire kit that. No. I just I just make sure that I have a really good point zero five zero. Yep. A really good one sixteenth. Okay. A really good one point five millimeter and a really good two point zero millimeter. Once you get up to two point five, you can buy them seven dollar dynamite ones, you know, the not yeah flashy ones once you get up to 2.5 and 3.0 and well the funny thing is like my 2.5 i use it a lot it's an mip one and that yeah that's just fine and i have a mip 3.0 sure i've used it exactly four times i would say yeah you don't and then you don't need to buy super expensive nut drivers either you don't that's not a critical one nope you can literally get like two dollar and ninety nine cent ones. On Wish, I got Joe Three his tool set, and it came with you know the five point five and the seven millimeter nut driver. It came with a one point five, a two o, and a two five Allen, and a couple of little screwdrivers. I got that whole tool set for like eight bucks, just for Joe Three to have in his toolbox, you know. But the nut drivers, yeah, they're just fine. So, all right, that seems to be about it. Do you have anything else? Should we get into questions? Yeah, questions. Fire it off. So we got to get out of here. Yeah, I know. Hold on, let me see here. Cause, all right. So we did the beginner segment. That was one of the deals. Come on, there we go. All right, Danny Williams with this one. How is when the MNRC didn't race this spring and early summer? We had a month, or we had months long period without rain. Then boom, MNRC starts up nonstop raining again. Yeah, it hasn't been as bad as years past, but you know I've noticed that myself too. You weren't. Um, it rained at, in Foley and it rained in Duluth. We, yeah, yeah, it's been brutal lately. Yeah, we ain't get. If you, a, own, if you own a dog, it's been even worse because it's there's been just tons of thunderstorms the last oh yeah. six weeks. Yeah, um, my hundred pound lab 
pretends like she's a little lap dog when the thunder is going. Yeah, I feel terrible for him. I know. Yeah, that's another subject for another day. My buddy's dog ran away last night because the asshole neighbors think it's still 4th of July and they're letting off big mortars. God damn it. I, I have no fucking time for that. I know. You'd, it lasts for like two and a half to three weeks here in Woodbury. Yep. And the we don't have money, but the people that live right around us do. Okay. And they spend it on basically industrial strength fireworks that time of year. God, it's true. And it just, uh, I'm I'm so close to losing my shit on that front. Our street's cool, but the block over in each direction sucks for me. Yeah. We're about, you know, Lucy's about to th- turn 13 here, so we won't be dealing with it too much longer um i'm still gonna think people are assholes though just based on principle for doing it well cats are bothered by it too but they're such antisocial assholes they'll just you know you won't know (laughs) right um yeah you'll get another dog after lucy it'll just be a while yep yeah Uh, i have no idea how long but it, it definitely won't be quick yeah um Jeremy Oldham is wondering ideas on how to get people out to Marshall after their race. Man, it's it's aggravating. It really is. Um, it's that, brutal. It, that, it sucks that it lands so hard on the race director because it shouldn't. Nobody nobody shames anybody else. I shame my friends when like. Like Tony Ehlers was a habitual non-marshaller when yeah. he still raced, and I love Tony to death. So I mean, I would just grill him and brutalize him until he would finally reluctantly make his way out to the track and marshal. Right, right. And honestly, there's got to be a little bit of that. There's got to be there a little b- bit of hey, you know, we all wish we were tending to our batteries too right now, but yeah. it's our duty to marshal. You know what I've seen before is people go back to their pits and they sit down and they start wrenching without even looking at the marshalling situation. Then you're calling them out and they're like, huh, what? Oh, I thought you had enough. Bullshit. You were just trying to get out of it. Right. Um, yeah, that's that's one of the the bummers of if you go out and make some mistakes and break your stuff during a quick race program, sometimes you're not going to, if you do your duty and you know, we all need to, we're, we're all required to do these things to make a racing program go along. Sometimes you are going to have to miss a heat here and there to do the right thing. Right. But you know, so I have a friend that came up to me and said, I am currently injured. If you need me, I will take an easy spot, but could you please help me out? Right. Dude, that helps. But you know what? Able-bodied people, I'm going to float this idea to the committee. I'm not going to take a lap away. You're going to get one warning, and then you're just going to get kicked out. That's going to be it. Because it it was that bad, Ryan. It was terrible. It's been a a few years now, but if you'll remember, I was bugging you all the time to uh, help me learn how to be a race director because I was 
really enthusiastic and I was helping out um I was helping out the toy box and I never had a problem there. I always right. enjoyed doing it. But I was helping out Rick because I liked the guy. Yep. And at that time nobody really wanted to announce. Mm-hmm. Who whoever had announced the year before was was gone. And I think um I think Randy Redmond said he was going to, but then yeah. all of a sudden he wasn't even there at the first race. Yep. So I was like, yeah, I'll do it, whatever. And then shortly after, I mean, I started kind of hitting a groove pretty early on. And so then you're looking around and you're thinking of ways to make things better. And at that time, the marshalling at Rick's was so horrible for people going back to their pit and cracking open a beer and lighting up a cigarette and not going to Marshall afterward. Yep. And when I floated the idea to Rick, I was like, Hey, this is killing us. Like I stayed here until 6 PM today because we couldn't get people to walk out and do their duty. And I said, I'm going to start taking laps away off of people's, you know, best run until they get their butts out there. And Rick was, Oh no, no, we can't do that. We don't, we don't want to make anybody mad, this and that. And that, that right there pissed me off so much that my hands were tied. Yeah, that I was just I've like, F it. I'm not, I'm not going to come out here and spend all day going. We need a marshal. We need a marshal. We need yeah. a volunteer marshal, guys. We need a marshal to run. I just. Or it, what it, if you're to take it, a it lap just, out of off every run? Really hurt him. Right. Just because, well, I wasn't even allowed to do the first thing, so, so I was like, I'm out. So, like, okay, Rick straight up told you that, you know, you're, he's not going to do that. I've been in situations, not in the MNRC, but I've been in situations where I was race directing to where they're like, oh, yeah, you can do whatever you want. And then the uh, owner or, let's say, a club president would go over my head after I take a lap, and they'd give the person the lap back. Right. That is so horrible. Dude, yeah. No, but Marshall. I'd I'd walk out in the middle of a race. And I'll I'll tell you. That happened. It's hard when you're getting paid, though. You know what I mean? Well, I wasn't getting paid that much. I could walk away from what I was making to run the Ricks races. Right. Um, we'll, We'll say this. We had really no problem at FTR, and we had a rampant problem in Duluth. Yeah. So hopefully, I, I'm sure Ricks will be better. We'll have our PA system so people can really hear. Yeah. Anyway, I'm. Uh, it, it raises my blood pressure, man. Yeah. It really does. Let's see. Jeremy Knutson's wondering, what are people doing to get ahead of the game these days? I'd say wheel time. Wheel time and little teeny tiny setup changes to their already good setup. What about you? Yeah, if you're not there, that's what you need to get yourself there. If you're kind of there, start cheating. It's worked for so many other people. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Dude, I've I've been hearing stories lately that I'm just, I'm not even going to touch it. I'm just, you know. Well, we're going to touch it here in a few minutes. We are? Not on the show. Okay. Gotcha. Um, let's see. Keenan White is, when are you going to try a JQ Nitro car and come over to the dark side? 
Keenan, the problem there is with me and A scale right now, because I am the announcer of the MNRC, I get a little nitro racing in here and there, but I'm not as serious as I was. It wouldn't be fair to JQ. It really wouldn't. Um, I, oh, you weren't, no, that was the last episode. So I forgot to tell you. So I drove a proper setup e-buggy from Jason Chenard. The only thing, okay. the only thing I could really think is him changing his tires. Cause I was on like, uh, blue rehabs and he was on like S4 buckshots, that type of situation. Dude, the car was the car was good. I wa I was pleasantly surprised. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because the ones I've driven before, they haven't been proper. And now the, I hate that I don't know how to pronounce her last name after all these years. I just call them the Iggy family. You got John Iggy, the dad, and then you got Brody Iggy, and then you got Trent Iggy. They're running JQ cars. Brody is getting fast. And I mean fast. I think I know. It, it might be, it's too early to tell, but his progression over the last three seasons, he might have it. Does that make sense? Have it it? Have it it. Hmm. Might I think I think he'll be good. I don't think he has it. It he might. You haven't seen him. You should have seen him run in Duluth. Is what I'm well, saying. I, I, all right. It's just when he turns it on, he looks a lot. He looks not as fast as Kyle. Let's say. He's, well, if you're not as fast as Kyle and you're not as fast as Seth, then you don't have it. But it looks like he's getting there. Does that make sense? But, but I mean, Seth was basically there when he was 11. No, he wasn't. Well, he was there for single lap speed. Yeah, I'll give you By that. By 13. Oh, yeah, sure. By but, 13, you're like, holy crap, when this kid gets it together. Yeah, right, and it took him... Till about, I mean, he's always had it together locally, but like two years ago, I'd say after the Worlds, he had it together. At national style races. Sure. It, it took him a little bit. And it's, yep. And Brody doesn't race nearly as much as he should, too. So, Ben's got a good question. Ben Savakul. Why aren't sponsors showing up for MNRC events? Wouldn't it be in their best interest to have a booth and support for the local racers at the biggest race series in the area? Are we as sponsored drivers dropping the ball? Well, I'll tell you what, Ben. In the past, there was a shift back in the day. So we used to have sponsors that used to give us awesome prizes, like Spectrum gave out a brand new DX3R when it was the radio to have, or everybody thought it was a radio to have. Um, 
Jaycon would send an AKA and Proline would send us loads of tires and we'd get kits. We'd get Lozy kits. We'd get all kinds of things. Awesome stuff. But then all of a sudden the economy took a shit. Back in 2010 or 11, it started really dropping off to where. Are we really going to do the legwork for green slime in a turnbuckle wrench that doesn't fit anything? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It's like, yeah, here's some tires that we're discontinuing. Take these. Here's some rims that no one will ever really use them. Take these. I remember, I think it was 2013... A company gave us some truggy rims with the old hex size <laughs> and the old offset. Sure. Like, really, man? Nobody uses these anymore. But yeah, you know, pretty soon, and after the, and we have asked sponsor drivers for help, but it's really up to the committee to get door prizes and sponsor recognition we have a ton of banners we used to put up at the track that used to be a huge issue with the committee of who's gonna put up banners this week i need help guys you know Mm -hmm. but now man well i could say a couple years ago the leg work was not worth it so maybe we we should revisit it again in the future yeah yeah, it's it's a lot of legwork, but um, on the other side, though, I mean, you can put in all the work you want. Marketing budgets in pretty much any segment of racing are not what they used to be. Oh, no, not anywhere near. But let's say we got between... And the, the MNRC numbers aren't that great. Not lately. Right now. I mean, we've had uh, 110 entries in Duluth. I think it was 118 at FTR. When we had 180-whatever yeah. at the at Dome. The Moto Dome, yeah. you know, it was, it was doing something. Well, that's the thing, too. we got to get our numbers back up. But so our, our A-scale numbers are still... They were a little lacking in nitro buggy last round, but our nitro numbers for the mo our A scale numbers for the most part are still there. But back in the day, think about this: we had Pro Four, we had SCB, we had two wheel drive SCT, we had a two wheel drive Sportsman. Yep. We had a four- stock buggy. Stock buggy. We had a ton of classes. Yeah. And cut the classes down. We have not as many entries, but our classes have stronger numbers, more depth in each class. I mean, like yep. I said, well, it's only because we could have 10 people on the um, stand at a time. Uh, we went down to an e-buggy. Um, e- we went down to an e-main, e-buggy main. Because yep. it, it was have eight, bump two, have eight, bump two, that type of situation. Yeah, e-buggy was strong. Yeah, well, that's what you they know, that's, would have been a D-main at a normal race. Sure, so that's but that's still big. Great. That's still big. Uh, yep. E-buggy's big up in Duluth. 
because they, they're on your normal Thursday night, Nitro's not allowed because they have neighbors now that just suck. Okay. Oh, I forgot to tell you about the Fairboard lady. Oh, my man. We, we still have a couple questions, and this is a breakthrough deal. Um, we'll get back to the questions in a second. So the, there's this Fairboard lady. I'm taking a nap in my car. It's about 2.30 in the afternoon on Friday. I know racing's not going to happen, but it's like, yeah, whatever. We'll watch a track drive. But I'm taking a nap in the Crown Vic, and this lady walks up to me, and she goes, Are you in charge? I go, Yeah, for the weekend. She goes, Oh, well, the fair board had no idea that this was happening. Gary Shut went, up. Gary went over our head and went to the city council before he came to the fair board to get approval for this. I'm like, oh, okay, but he got approval. Yeah, but we'd like Gary to do this. and I'm like, that's your issue with Gary. She goes, well, what's your plan for masks and social distancing? And I went through everything that Nick Lovato went through on the podcast, on our last podcast. Right. She's like, oh, that sounds good because I wouldn't want to have to shut you down. I pointed at her. And I go, you stop right there. That is unacceptable language to me. She's like, oh. she had a look on her face like, oh, my word, nobody's ever talked to me. So the, I talked to a few people, and she's just a problem up there. Yeah. You know, she'd get, they would say, like, um, like she'd be like, oh, we're getting complaints from the sheriff about the noise. So Nick Lovato, who's friends with the sheriff, goes to the sheriff, hey, whatever your name is, is there an issue? He goes, we haven't heard word one from anybody. It's fine. So she's just making up shit to, yeah. I, don't, I don't know why. I don't know. She's a psycho person. That's unfortunate. It's, it's so defeating. I have to deal with people like that. I get it. That literally just exist to make other people's lives harder. From what I heard, she's trying to make her way up the fair board, but it's like, God, is, Ooh, yeah. is that what you live for, you pile of human garbage? Right. Anyway, enough of her. I just had to bring her up because she was a piece of work, man. <laughs> um, let's see. Rob Petrick goes, if the Dome and Ricks race happens, barring any restrictions, that will make four total events. Would there be a points drop or straight-up points? There there will be one drop, even though I don't like it. There will be Man, three out of four? I, I hate it. But Come you, on. I hate it, but it's what we had that to come is not up a, with. That's not a series. That's a triple crown. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. So, yeah, that was, uh, I didn't fight for it. I was going to say, no, you should go all four of four. But you know what? There's people that, they don't like Duluth. There's people that don't like FTR. You know, there's got to be one drop. I don't know. I I went a lot of places that I didn't enjoy going when I thought that motocross points were important. Oh, dude, every, um. I'm not going to name tracks, but when I was in between after I quit announcing and to up until this year, there were tracks I raced at that I downright loathed. 
<laughs> right. But I had to be there because I'm a committee member. Otherwise, I would have skipped. Other com- some some committee members skip some rounds, but I think that's kind of a bad look for a committee member, unless barring emergency. Barring emergency, I'm going to put that down right now. Um, let's see here. This started a shitstorm, and I'm going to give them a straight answer for it. Alan Smith goes, why do we have to wait till 1 p.m. to start practice at the MNRC? In my opinion, if you plan to race and you then plan to get there early, I plan my schedule to get there on Thursday. I see no point why we wait till 1 p.m. You're, if you're unable to get there, that's your problem. That started a shitstorm I wasn't dipping my toe in. And what I want to say is... He's partly right. So the reason why we have a 1 p- it used to be 3 p.m. It did. So Thursday, some tracks might not have their calcium laid out. They might not even be done with the layout till Thursday night. Don't bother track owners on Thursday unless they give you permission. Right. The reason we have one is because it was a compromise. Because some people wanted Friday at 8 a.m. I wouldn't mind Friday at 8 a.m. I take a vacation day. Some people don't take vacation days. Some people, and they were complaining about people getting, in their eyes, an unfair amount of practice. So we came up with the compromise at 1 p.m. It is a compromise. It really is. But that's the way it is. And, you know, some track owners might want to put their finishing touches on the track Friday morning without being bothered. Right. It's really up to the track owner. We recommend one. Well, actually, one is the deal. But if a track owner wants to open up later, they can open up later. Um, Like Mike Fisk's. So Mike Fisk, back in the day at Fisk's Farm, whatever that pile, that track was. He had to get a permit from the city to hold a 100-plus person party for 48 hours that went from 5 p.m. on Friday to 5 p.m. on Sunday. If somebody started a nitro motor at 4.59, the police would be there. (laughs) Because what a lot of people who didn't race at Fisk's don't realize that he was in a neighborhood, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, you have 50 nitro vehicles, even at, albeit once a year. I'll tell you what, Tim Slenton has some cool-ass neighbors. Because Tim, I mean, you've been to Slenton's. His, tra- yep. his track borders three houses. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Anyway, we say 1 p.m. at the earliest, but it could be later considering. And I don't know, man. Maybe we'll bring it up for vote. Maybe we'll talk to the track owners and see what they're up to. See, we, Maybe they like the 1 p.m. Maybe they don't. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I would put it on them for sure. I, yeah. I wouldn't be forcing them to do things that they don't want to do. Sure, sure. So, yeah. Anyway. I, I want... mean, I really don't care. 
either way. I I don't I don't see I don't see how it's that I don't see how it's that big of an issue. The I get it. You didn't get as much practice as they did. Well, they went out and they used up their stuff on track conditions that it's not going to be anything like that on the race. Right. All those people did that got there early was help get the track ready for you. Yeah, you're actually kind of right there. You're actually kind of right there, too. But, you know, so this used to, it's a lot into the vein of, let's say, the spec tire debate. Oh, I can't afford so many tires. We should only run one tire. Then you can't afford to race. Right. You know. Racing is expensive. We we shouldn't. There's no way to make it not. Yeah, we shouldn't make exceptions for people that can't do the schedule, that can't afford the tires, that can't afford. We shouldn't make exceptions. We might have a smaller crowd, but we'll have a stronger crowd. I mean, that's the way I look at it. Right. Anyway, so I want to hear about uh, cheating stuff, so we're going to end this, all right? <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Ran out of content. Yeah, I'm Joe Zer Jr. With me was Ryan Greening, so we've ran out of talent.